Father, I got some issues. I know I'm tore up from the flow up. I know it. I know I need a checkup from the neck up. Father, I know it. Help me. Help me. I'm not coming here faking and pretending. I'm coming because I need help. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Tune Up. And today is part number four of that series, and it asks the question, why did you do it? I'm telling you, we had a great time today, and I want you to hear this message. Now, don't forget to hear the entire series. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear the series in its entirety, as well as get the links to our podcast, Roku channel, and so much more. So check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message. It is subtitled, Why Did You Do It? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I want to welcome all of you that are here, uh, here with us in uh, Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Online community, good morning. Good morning, morning. Wherever you are all around the world, we just thank you so much for coming. We're clapping and celebrating because we just want to honor you and the things that God is doing in your life. And we want to welcome you to this service as we're preaching here. I pray the anointing of God affects you there and brings brings about mighty and magnificent change. So we say welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get into the word of God today. Amen. Well, as you know, we've been in a series called Tuna, and this is part four of that series. We are not done yet uh, in this series called Tuna. So we're going to continue in it. If you have not heard part one, two, or three, make sure you go to the website or get the Roku app, get the podcast, get the CDs. It's there. If you want the word, I'm telling you, it is there for you. Make sure that you get in it, uh, because I believe that this is what the Lord is saying to us in this hour. And today will not be an exception. So I pray that those who have an ear will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. All right, well, in this series, we've been doing a confession. Uh, a confession, and we're going to do that same confession today. And really, I'm just going to say it uh, today. You've repeated it with me before. If, it, if it's available on the screen, then do it on the screen. Then uh, you can read with me. If not, then just hear this confession. And uh, here it goes. It says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm getting better, better. Every day, in every way, I'm getting better. My body is healed. I am free from debt. I am blessed beyond measure. Good things are happening to me and for me. I'm always safe and secure. I am happy, healthy, and whole. I'm leading others to Christ, and I'm fulfilling my divine destiny. I am filled with all the fullness of God, and his love circulates in and through my life daily. I am at peace and at rest in my Father's love. Say that with me, the last part. Say, I am at peace and at rest in my Father's love. All right, all right. Praise the Lord. Well, we've been looking at Acts, the second chapter, verses 42 through 47. We're going to go right back there today, and we're going to look at this out of the, um, out of the NIV. Acts, the second chapter, verse 42 through 47. You've heard this, and we're going to go right back into this out of the NIV. Once again, Acts, the second chapter, 42 through 47, out of the NIV. And this is how it says, 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the mighty wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were, uh, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Won't you notice that? They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their houses and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now that's just awesome. So here we have again the church. And, and in this series, we are examining uh, the church beginnings. Remember, we're not looking back to go back, but we're looking back to understand where we've been so that we can better understand where we are so that we can understand where we're going. Amen. So it's important to understand the past and it helps us to get a, a firm footing on today. So with all this unity in the church, I mean, telling you uh, people are selling their property and bringing the monies to the church. You got to know that that is a move of God. Those that have extra properties, extra land, houses, they are selling it and bringing all the money into the church. And we see here as it goes on down, they're bringing it and laying it at the apostles' feet. But with all this unity, again, you would say the devil can't be anywhere around this because God is truly in this. The devil can't be anywhere around, right? And if you would say that, you'd be absolutely wrong. Because one of the best places for the devil to be is right there trying to confuse the house of, God, the, house of the Lord, the house of God. So let, let's now, we're, we just read Acts, the second chapter. Let's go to Acts, the fifth chapter. Acts, the fifth chapter. I want you to see this. We're going to glean some truths out of the word of God. Let's look at Acts 5, verses 1 through 12, out of the New Living Translation. Acts 5, verses 1 through 12, out of the New Living Translation. And we're going to see, we're going to talk a little bit of, from a very familiar text really about two people, Ananias and Sapphira. These two people, let's look at verse number one. It says, but there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. They sold property. Wasn't that going on in the entire church? Didn't we just read that in Acts, the second chapter? Wow. They also sold property. Isn't that great? And they were continuing in house to house, breaking bread, just like the others. Right? They were right there receiving the apostles' doctrine. They were right there receiving the word that came across the pulpit, right there sitting maybe in the front row, second row, third row. I don't know. But they were right there with everybody else. And here we are. Oh, they're so wonderful couple, such a wonderful couple. They sold property and gave it to the church. Awesome. Let's see what happens a little bit further on down. In verse 2, it says, He brought, or rather, he brought part of the money, part of the money to the, to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, 
They, rather, he kept the rest. Mm, let's finish reading. Verse 3, then Peter said, Ananias, why? I want you to notice the word why. You're going to hear that an awful lot. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Some of you there were in Sunday school this morning, seeing some things that are mighty similar there. Verse 5, as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone, everyone who heard about it was terrified. Uh, then some young men got up and got up, wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, how could you two, or how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who, the young men who carried, rather, the young men who buried, buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church. I bet you it did. <laughs> Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. The apostles were performing many, many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. All right, I want you to look at this. We're gonna, let's talk about this just for a moment. So everybody's there in the church having a great time together. Everybody's there worshiping the Lord, and it seemed like everybody there was on one accord. But while worship was going on, while communion was going on, while everybody, were, while everybody was a fellowship one with another and into the word of God, Satan was talking to two people. Look at verse number three again. Verse three says, uh, it says, then Peter said, Ananias, why? Instead of why, it says how, as it goes further on down. But he says, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Grab a hold of that now. Word of God is going forth. Surely the, the apostles are preaching the word of God. Surely the Spirit of God is in the place. Signs, wonders, and miracles are, are being performed there. Great and marvelous things are being done. Surely this is a work of God. But while the Holy Spirit is speaking, Satan is also talking. That devil is also talking. 
Notice what the Bible says. Uh, Peter says, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Now, the word feel denotes a continual pouring until a complete level is reached. You don't fill your glass with Kool-Aid just by bling and it's done. No, you turn the pitcher up until, and more goes in and more goes in and more goes in until it reaches that fill level, right? Which means that Ananias and Sapphira heard the word of the devil and they kept hearing it. If your glass or cup had a hole in the bottom, could it ever be filled? No. So that meant that Ananias and Sapphira not only heard it, they kept the words of the enemy. And they thought about it and they meditated and they meditated. And one thought came upon another thought, came upon another thought and another thought. And they went higher and higher and higher and higher until they were full of the words of the devil. They were full of his thoughts. And then eventually they planned and they executed that plan. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We go, Woo! the presence of the Lord is here. I'm going to get my blessing right now. And so forth and so on, right? But if you don't catch, if you don't watch it, the devil is also talking too. He's also talking too. And it's just these uh, distracting thoughts, these thoughts that are usually against the flow of the Spirit. The work the Holy Spirit was doing there is unifying the entire church. What the devil needed was an inroad into the church. Once he got in, he could destroy. He could, um, he could destroy the unity, divide the congregation, destroy it because he sees a work of God being done and he needed somebody to get in, somebody to convince that this is not it. As a matter of fact, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, you do need that money. Yeah, this Holy Ghost thing may be working right now, but you do need it. You see, but this whole thing was not about money. It wasn't about an offering. It was about their inability to obey the Spirit of God. It was about them having another mind that was opposite of the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was doing a new thing. He was unifying the body of Christ, bringing all things together, and everybody was selling their property and possessions and laying them down at the apostles' feet. And nice as a fire, hey, let's do the same thing. No, no, no. They tried to duplicate the action, but the Spirit was not there. They didn't have the leading of the Spirit. They had the leading of another spirit. And because the Holy Spirit was working with uh, the leadership of the church, they understood what was going on. Peter didn't get a, an email or text message. It was the Holy Spirit that was telling him, Ananias, why have you allowed Satan to put a thought in your head and continue to put thoughts in your head and continue to put thoughts in your head and you thought about it and you thought about it, you spoke about it, you spoke about it, and then you and your wife plan this, you're in agreement with him and bring this lie to the church. You haven't lied to me, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. That's the same thing that we talked about earlier there from the book of Numbers. As Korah and his bunch came against Moses. Uh, Moses said, hey, you haven't done this to me. You've done this against God. Are you hearing? Amen. 
So he asked the question, why have you allowed Satan to continually fill your heart? In other words, why are you keeping his thoughts? Why are you keeping his thoughts? And many times as you keep these wrong thoughts, you're going to speak these wrong words. You won't be able to keep the enemy's thoughts without them coming out of your mouth. And he and his wife were in agreement. They were two people that said, one, that said at least openly in the current congregation, we love Jesus. Yes, we do. They said, uh, you know, in, in essence, we're here to help. Here's our money. We're here to help. We want to do what everybody else is doing. But they had a wrong spirit. And the Holy Spirit would not allow them to come in and disrupt the unity of the church. Are you hearing? He would not allow them to disrupt it. So they heard the words that came over the pulpit, but they secretly, secretly disagreed. Can you imagine that? They heard the words. They saw the move of the Holy Spirit, but they secretly in their homes disagreed with what was going on. If they agreed with it, then they would have done it. But they secretly disagreed. They wanted the benefits of the fellowship, but they didn't want to give all of themselves. They wanted the benefits of hanging around, one of the benefits of the blessings and, and everything, of the camaraderie, the unity. They wanted all that without giving them, without giving their whole lives, their whole selves. Amen. The Holy Spirit stopped that and said, no, I won't, I won't allow that to contaminate the fellowship. I won't allow that to happen. And so in essence, he took them away. Are you hearing? In essence, he took them away. Uh, the, uh, here, here's a terrible thing. Uh, instead of Ananias and Sapphira praying about it, well, you know, oh, selling all this stuff. Mm, mm. Instead of them talking about it and maybe getting confirmation from the Lord, Lord, is this you? Is this you? Instead of talking to leadership, they began to talk about leadership. Instead of doing that, they decided to fake it. Let's go in and fake it. Let's just fake it. We'll look, we'll walk the walk, then try to do a little Holy Ghost jig and shake. We'll carry our Bible, we'll wear the big cross. We'll fake it. We'll, let's just go to church and fake it. Remember the Lord said in the book of Timothy that in the last days there will be those that will have a, uh, a form of godliness. In other words, there will be those who will, be, who will act religious but have no power. They'll have all the outside working, all the outside looking, but the Holy Spirit says, I see right through you. You're like a piece of glass, and we don't even need no Windex either. You're like a piece of glass, we can see straight through you. And God said, I'm not going to allow that to contaminate the fellowship. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Hallelujah. Now, there's one thing to say, Lord, you know what, Lord, I'm in sin. God, help me. Uh, I don't I don't want to be sinful. And Father, I need you to help me in these areas of my life. I'm confessing my sin before you, Lord, and I need you to help me. That's one thing. That's a, that's a place of humility and honesty before God. But then there's another place that says, I got it all together. Look and see. There's nothing wrong with me. I have it. And just lying straight through your teeth. That's something that's someone that is self-deceived. You've deceived yourself. And God says, I know the difference between who are mine and who are not. Are you hearing? Amen. Now, I want you to notice something else in Acts, the four, Acts 5, verse 4. Acts 5, verse 4. This time out of the King James Version. Acts 5, verse 4. 
This time out of the King James Version. God didn't call us to fake it till we make it. I know that's a popular saying in today's world. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. You hear it over and over again. Fake it till you make it. You don't have to sell it all. You don't have to go all the way. You can go some of the way. Just fake it. You're going to fake your way into an early grave. You can't play with God. Are you hearing me? Don't play with God. Hallelujah. Don't play with him. If we got issues and say, Father, look, Father, I got some issues. I know I'm tore up from the flow up. I know it. I know I need a checkup from the neck up. Father, I know it. Help me. Help me. I'm not coming here faking and pretending. I'm coming because I need help. But this pretending stuff, God said, I'm looking right through you. And that's not what he desires for us. Are you hearing me? Look at Acts 5th chapter, verse 4 of the King James Version. And it says this. While it remained, was it not in thine own, rather, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You could have done whatever you wanted to do with it. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Notice it says, why have you conceived? Say conceived. Conceived. Now, this is the next part here, the word conceived. First of all, we see the devil, Satan, filled his heart. And Ananias and Sapphira allowed the devil to fill their heart with his thoughts. They meditated on those thoughts. You know, you really do need this. It don't take all of it. You don't really have to do everything the Spirit is saying. You can do some and get along. Just fake it. Are you hearing? They, were, they allowed themselves to be filled with those words. And then in seconds, it says here, why have thou conceived this thing in your heart? The word conceived there means to set, put, place, fix, establish. In other words, Why have you established this thought in your heart? In other words, you made it a place right there. You didn't say, oh, that's the devil talking. I'm not going to listen to that and put it away. No, you gave it a place. They gave it a place. Here, you sit right here, and we're going to let this, we're going to let this be fixed in my thought. And they, they kept that place for the enemy, and he just exploited them. And they, uh, they ended up, uh, of course, dead. Now, how do, you know, how do you know if you're in danger? How do you know if you're in danger? How do you know? Because we can be self-deceived in thinking that we're okay. We can be self-deceived. Uh, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I just, I just do a little bit of this and that and the other. Or, or no, I'm perfect. Uh, oh, there, there, are some, there are about uh, six things, about, really about four things that I want you to consider to see if you're in danger of the devil putting his thoughts in your head. All right, let's look at it. The first one is, do you gossip about your church leadership? If that's so, do you gossip about church leadership? Or we can say, has somebody in your household heard you gossip about church leadership? Now, you can just keep looking straight ahead Keep looking straight ahead, and you can make note of that yes or no on your own paper or make mental, make mental note of that. Have you gossiped about church leadership? Secondly, 
Do you say things like, or have you said things like, I would have done it, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have done it that way, or I should be in charge, or I could have done that better. I could have done that better. Have you heard those words coming out of your mouth, or has someone in your household heard those words coming out of your mouth? If so, then write yes or make a mental note of that. Third thing is, do others in your household hear you murmur against the pastor, others in church, others in, uh, others in your church, or the church itself? Do you murmur? That is, um, you know, you make snide remarks or comments, uh, complaints come out of your mouth about the pastor, about church leadership, about people in church in general? Do you, does your family hear you complain about the pastor, complain about church leadership, complain about others in the church? Now, you just be honest. I'm not going to take this up after, after, after this. You can grade it yourself. So if you said yes, put that down as well. Are you hearing me? All right. And the, the last thing here, when the pastor makes a decision, are you quick to stand with it or against it? When the pastor or church leadership makes a decision, are you quick to stand with or against? You, if that's yes, then mark yes, or if it's no, if it's no. Now, if you answered yes to any or to all of these questions, then maybe you may have a great opportunity or are currently being used by Satan at this moment. Because even a little leaven, even a little yeast will cause the whole bread to rise. Even a little bit will cause the whole thing to, to rise. A little bit. You know, um, my wife recently brought home some fruit and we let it sit for a little bit. Some oranges, oh, some little tasty little oranges. And, uh, you know, we just said, and I went in there and got a couple of them, you know, eating, peeling, eat, peeling, eat, peeling, eat. After a few days later, you know, just I forgot they were there. A few days later went by and I found, looked at one of them. Oh, it was all rotten. You know how it gets kind of green and blue, whatever on the bottom. I'm like, oh, oh, picked it up. And right beside it was the same thing on another one. It had contaminated the next one and had contaminated the next one. You've heard that saying one bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. Something about, I don't know the juices, Patricia. I don't know the, the gooey, icky juices. When it, when it gets on another piece of fruit, it begins to break them down in that same spot. So instead of letting the, you know, the whole bag go to waste, I picked the bad one out and, and those that were bad with it like it, I threw them away too. And the rest were uncontaminated and I ate them up. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So just a little bit, if it's, if it's yes, a little bit, this and that, then we need to repent before God and get that icky out of you, get it off of you. Hallelujah. I don't want the feet of the young man to come and pull you away, to pull you out. Not saying that the Lord's going to cause anyone to die in the church, but death simply means the loss of something. The loss of something, loss of life, loss of money, loss of something is going to end. Are you hearing? I can't get no talk online community. I can't get no talk. Now, this does not say that the church leadership will always be correct in everything that they do. That does not mean that I will be correct in everything that I do. I am still human. I know that's a big statement. 
I am still human. But because I'm called, and because leadership is called and ordained of God, there is grace. And the Father will cover, even in our mistakes, even as you head your different ministry groups and make mistakes in your different area of ministry groups, the Lord will give us grace. And you'll see how the Lord can turn something bad, turn around and make it good, as long as we are staying in line with his will and purpose for our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to realize as we begin to close, I want you to realize uh, that instead of talking about leadership, let's pray for them and talk to them. Instead of talking about them, let's talk to them. Let's go on for a few moments. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to realize that there is an enemy. And you hear people say, well, I've been praising the Lord. I've been going to church. I've been studying my Bible. You know, I've been giving. I've been doing all this. And why is all this happening to me? Well, all that is happening to you because you've been studying your Bible. You've been going to church. You've been giving. Hallelujah. You've been doing all these wonderful works. And you have an enemy that does not want you to continue that. And the best way to get you to stop doing that is to cause calamity to come in your life. And many times when calamity or destruction comes into a person's life, you know what people do? They start backing away. They start backing out of church. They, they stop coming to church. They start backing away. Instead of understanding that there is a spiritual war that's going on and that the enemy, as soon as you bow your knees before the Lord and, and you pray and you, you seek his face and you begin to do right and continue to do right, don't you understand your light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and the enemy says, oh, you are too bright. Let me send you some calamity. Let me try to shut you down. If the character of God is not rooted in you, then you'll start walking away. And what happens to your light? Dim, 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 dim. And then the light goes out in so many regards, or not go out, but, but it gets so small that even you can't detect it. Then after a while, oh, God, I need to go back to church. I need to go back to church. And hey, things may get better for a while. Because after it, takes, it takes a while before your light to really shine again. And so you can do some things undercover, and the enemy may not know it. But after a while, you start getting brighter. You're going to church. You're studying your Bible. You're giving. You're doing good. You're doing good. He said, hey, I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden, bang, and oh, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I've been trying to live right. I've been trying to do right. I've been, I ain't trying to hurt nobody. Hey, why is this happening? All that is happening because you are doing right. Amen. Amen. Storms will come. It's inevitable. Yeah. But if you endure the storm, instead of walking away from him, you go deeper into him. And you go deeper into him. The more you go, the more you are submitted to God. When that stuff comes, just fall down before the Lord and submit your life to him even more. And what happens? Your light grows brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And after, after a while, the enemy says, oh, this is too much. And he begins to leave you alone. But it's only for a season. He's going to try to come back again. As long as you are down here. You'll be faced with obstacles as long as you are down here. We're not home yet. There are times when we feel, oh, my God, this is so good. 
This is so good. Pastor Nelson said it earlier. Oh, the worship, the, the praise and worship is so good. The, the presence of the Lord is so good. You just want to stay right here. You want to stay right here. There will be times when you will feel heaven on earth, but don't be deceived. You're not home yet. We're still on the battlefield. That means that there is an opportunity for this. As long as you're still down here, the enemy can get to you. If he can't get to you directly, he'll try to get to somebody that's close to you. He'll try his best to rattle your cage if you're doing what Jesus wants you to do. But I'm telling you that so that you can be sober. And we'll talk about that next time. I'm telling you that so that you can be sober, so that you can be vigilant. And know that your enemy is actively trying to set traps against you. And because you're doing right, that's why he's coming. But you have power to overcome him and to master him. We'll look at this, the Lord willing, because the first mention of the word sin in the Bible, I can't wait to get to that to you, with you. The first mention of the word sin in the Bible is not there with Adam and Eve. Of course, that was a sin in the garden, but that was sin. The word sin was not mentioned there. The first mention of the word sin in the Bible is with Cain and Abel. Well, God told Cain, hey, unless you, he said, why are your continents falling? Why are you looking depressed? If you do right, you're going to be received. If you, if you don't do right, sin is lying at the door. It is crouching at the door. It wants to take over. It wants to dominate and control you. But he said, look, boy, you got to, you got to master it. Don't let that thing take control of you. And we've been having issues with that. If you let the enemy heap his thoughts up in your head, sin will take over. And you begin to do some things knowingly. I mean, it's like you're right there watching a movie and you're the one doing it. You're handling this, touching this and and tasting that. You're doing all this stuff and you see yourself doing it. And sometimes you can do it and not want to do it at the same time. Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. But it's your hands doing it. It's your body doing it. Get a mirror, you see yourself doing it. We've allowed access. And sin's just working with you. It's working with you. We're going to talk, and I'm going to show you how Jesus, as we're getting tuned up, how Jesus has delivered you from the power of sin. He's actually done that. If you were born again believer, he's delivered you from the power of sin. He has. And sometimes we need deliverance. 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 So I pray that you continue in this series with me, and I pray you'll be back with me on next week. I think that's, that'll be it for today. Online community, we love you, and uh, we are praying for you, and I want you to know that Jesus has paid the price for your freedom, for your complete deliverance. Take heart. If you answered yes to any of those questions, if any of us have answered yes to any of those questions that we asked earlier, repent, repent, repent. Because if you answered yes, then that means that there is an open door for the devil to come in. And we want to shut that door immediately through our repentance and through our confession before the Lord. And we'll see as that door is shut, all those evil influences will begin to go the other way. 
Have heart and be encouraged. Jesus loves you, and you're going to make it through this because God is setting you up for a divine blessing, for a divine blessing. But some things have to go so that other things can come in. We love you, and we're praying for you. See you next time. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.